0: Well, today is a great day. We are almost to Christmas, and we are celebrating here on Your Next Step. We're talking about the renewal that comes at Christmas time. Before I talk about that, I just want to invite you to join us tomorrow night at 5 p.m. for candlelight service, or maybe Saturday. You can come at 3.30, 5, or 6.30. Join us here at the church next door to celebrate Christmas. You know, Christmas is a unique time. People will come to church that don't normally come. So I want to challenge you, invite people to go to church with you here or to your church, wherever you go to church or if you don't have a church, find a place to worship God. Light a candle that says, I am the light of the world because of what Jesus, the light of the world, did for me. That's right. You and I can be light because of him. Today, we're going to look at how Jesus as the Messiah, he he fulfilled God's promise in the flesh, in our world. You know, we're closing out on the end of the year, and I don't really ask you a lot to give. If you have the ability to help Your Next Step so we can go on into the new year, I want to invite you, go to yournextstepnow.com and click the give button. It'll take you to the church next door and you can support this ministry so that we can keep it on the airwaves as we go into the new year. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your prayers. I hope that you have a Merry Christmas and I hope to see you at the church next door. God gave us a gift. He's given us life and we renew within ourselves our commitment to him and our commitment to his life. Sometimes in the, In the tension of Christmas, in the push to get everything done, you look at one and go, why? Why are we working so hard on this? Why is it so important that we get it right at Christmas? Why? Why do we have to? And and the reason is, is because we celebrate something that's really, really important. And in life, we learn some lessons. In life, we've learned that everything doesn't go the way we planned it. Things aren't always easy. and, And there's bumps in the roads of life. And, and you and I, we have to make a decision in our journey of life. We have to make a decision. Am I really committed to this? Whether it's a relationship or a job or anything in your life, there's these moments when you call into question, am I really into this? Is this really me? Is this really what I want? Well, Christ followers all over the world tonight, billions of us gather. And the reason we gather is this one thing. It's God. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for committing to the creation. Thank you for showing up. See, tonight we celebrate that God showed up and he stood with us. He cares for us. And tonight we show up to declare, God, I'm standing for you. I love you. I'm all in. We renew our commitment. There's something about the importance of renewing In the difficulties of life, because there's going to come in any relationship, in anything in your life, you're going to find, you know, drag, drift, whatever you want to call it, that slows you down in whatever you're about. And you have to make a decision. Am I still in? Am I still going to work at this? Am I still going to make this happen? Tonight, we declare publicly before God, our family and our friends, you know what? We're still in with God. We're lighting candles. We're celebrating because he is important. Think about the nativity, would you? You look at the nativity and you see the beautiful picture of of, of Mary and Joseph and, and 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 the baby and the manger, and you see this and you think, wow, how beautiful! The kings were there, the the shepherds are there. Yet you and I, when you peel back the story, when you open up the Bible and you read it, it's not such a pretty picture. I don't know about you, but riding on a donkey for days while really pregnant, doesn't sound like fun to me. And, and then again, having a baby in what appears to be a cave, in a barn, I don't know, doesn't sound like the way I planned things. How about this? We're riding along, Mary's on the donkey, Joseph is leading, that's the way we imagine it, right? And she says, once again, could you tell me, why do we have to go to Bethlehem? The government, man, the government said, we gotta do this. Been there, done that, right? You and I live in a world where things come against us, where where things is, is not as we planned. And we have to say, how do we live in the midst of a real world? And we have to say, well, am I still committed? Am I still into this? On this night, we celebrate. We remember that people showed up like the wise men in our moments when we needed it most. And they encouraged us. They were with us. We celebrate. We celebrate God. We celebrate the good. We're here because we know that things in our life, we worked hard, but in all humility, it wasn't just us that showed up. In humility, it it took more than us to accomplish the things in our life that we've accomplished. In, In humility, we have to admit that it was more than us. There were people and forces beyond us who had a great, great, great part to play in the success of our life, if there's been any success. We think about mom. Hey, mom, thanks for all the lunches that you packed. Grandpa, thank you for praying for me when I didn't know I was going to make it through. Or how about that neighbor? You know, you know that neighbor, the one that helped you keep your jalopy car together and running so you could make it to school and you could make it to work and, and you didn't have Two dimes to rub together, but they showed up and they said, no, we can make this work. We can fix this. I'll help you. You've got to get to work. You've got to get to school. Keep going. And how about that person? That person that showed up in your life and they said, don't give up. Apply for that job. You'll get it. I'll help you. That person that helped you in a class and they said, you're not done. You've got more in you. Keep going. Those moments in your life when you prayed, oh, God, help me. I am spent. See, we celebrate the victories because we know when we've done it, and we've done it not in, in humility. We know it wasn't all us. God showed up, people showed up, and they helped push us through. Every one of us has had what I call a Moses moment. You know the Moses moment, right? You were in a rock in a hard place, and you cry out. Well, Moses, he's got an army behind him and the Red Sea before him, and he's like, okay, God, you got to help, and God shows up. You know, the Hanukkah story, the Hanukkah story, we celebrate, we celebrate the menorah and the lights. Why? Because God showed up and gave the people of Israel a miracle. He caused the oil to last longer. He did a miracle. So what? So they could make the temple holy and pure. The new Testament says in 1 Corinthians chapter six, that your body, my body, our bodies are a temple for his Holy Spirit. When we show up, we, we show up because we are like, God, We need your light. We need you to do the miracle. Make us holy. Finish the work that you've begun in us. We celebrate. We pass on to our children and our grandchildren and the generations before. We celebrate the goodness of God, that God showed up when we needed him most, that God cares about us. And even though life is hard, we're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're not giving out. We're not done yet. We think about the proposal and the yes, the birth and the birthdays, the anniversary and the friends. That's what we think about. We light candles, we give gifts, we sing, we eat, we pray, we give thanks. This is a family wide event. This is a worldwide event. Men, women, and children all over the world, billions will gather. They will light candles. They will sing songs. They will pray. They will give Thanksgiving and they will celebrate what the Christ child has been born in Bethlehem of Judea. An answer, a promise of the Messiah, a promise that God said, I will show up when you need it the most. Don't give up on me. I've not given up on you. Whether this is your first Christmas or your 60 is irrelevant tonight, we all renew our commitment to our hope in Jesus Christ, the Messiah born in a manger, trusting that God is making a way for us and for the, to, for us to renew our hope in him tonight. I want to invite you just to receive from God to celebrate what you've received in 1st Corinthians. Chapter 15 Paul reminds the church what he received and passed to them and what they received and I remind you for I deliver to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures why is that so important because tonight we've come to receive. All I can tell you is this, as a kid, that's all I cared about Christmas. I wanted to receive, right? We're we're in the midst of a very harsh, difficult world, and and life is not easy. And we say, God, just want you to know it's been hard today getting ready. It's been hard, but I need a little bit from you. I'm here tonight to receive from you. In the gospel of John chapter one, he says, yet to all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Tonight, that's all we have to do is say, God, I want to receive from you. I want to receive Jesus as the Messiah. I want to, I want to restore and renew that within myself. That's why I'm here. God, listen to the words of the apostle Paul as he speaks to the people in Rome. He said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So tonight we receive from God, but how we receive is we also say, God, I'm just declaring it. I'm, I'm, I'm standing with you, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm still all in, I'm not giving up, I'm not going back. But how do you receive a gift properly? How do you and I receive a gift when someone gives us a gift? I think, first of all, we do it in humility. Whenever somebody gives me a gift, I look at the gift and I think about the fact this person gave of their treasure. They gave of their life to me. I mean, they work hard. It takes their talent, their breath, their life, their energy, their creativity. And then someone pays the money and then they go out and buy me something. Or they personally took the time from their own talent and They made me something. I look at that and I'm like, wow, you really gave yourself. That humbles me. But to think that the Lord of life, the creation of the universe would love us enough to show up in human flesh, to would live in a world that's so broken and twisted and hard and difficult to be with you and I. That's what he did. That's humbling. Tonight, we are humbled in his presence in this place and throughout the earth that God would show up for us. Secondly, when you receive a gift, I think you need to give a word. Thank you is nice, right? You look at the gift and you look at the giver and you say, wow, this means so much to me that you would think of me. I had no idea that you you thought of me this way. I I had no idea that you knew I was interested in this. I had no idea that that you you knew I needed this. I'm amazed by that. I remember when one of our boys was little, I think he was about three, we were at Christmas and and I got the video proof of this one. All right. He's sitting on the floor. He'd open up a gift and he'd go, wow, what I always wanted. Then you give him the next gift. Wow. What I always wanted. It was precious. I remember sitting on the couch and looking at me thinking, you know, what put that in his heart, you know? I wonder tonight if if I have that attitude towards God, if tonight I'll give back God the statement, wow, I never really wanted you, but definitely I needed you. And tonight I celebrate the fact that you showed up when I needed you the most. See, this is why we show up. This is why we celebrate. This is why we're here tonight. This is why we want to pass this on. This is really, really central to what we believe. It's just not a tradition. It's something that we're renewing within us, rekindling within ourselves. And we're saying, nope, not backing up, still with it. Third point to receiving a gift is you give a gift, right? Someone gives you a gift and you say, oh, wow. Now it's awkward, isn't it? When you didn't know they were going to give you a gift and you're not prepared, not a good moment, especially if you're dating. Woo. New Year's ain't going well, is it? But this is what happens, right? Well, I heard on the radio a guy. You know what he did? He ran to his car, he pulled out the used ice scraper and gave that to the person. They're like, "Wow, a used ice scraper." Not a good idea either. But what about this? Especially when you think about God. What if you say, God? I have nothing to give in comparison to who you are. But tonight, I give you my love. I give you my presence, and I'm here. What if you pray for somebody? Have you ever thought about that? Someone gives you a gift. You're unprepared. You don't have anything. You say, listen, I'm really sorry. I don't have a shelf full of gifts. I'm not that smart and prepared. I apologize. But can I pray for you? And just stop and pray for them right now at that moment. Say, God, I thank you for this person that would love me so much and to give something so valuable. And I pray that you would bless them and have mercy on them. I get that from John and Susanna Wesley. Every year, they took the day that their child was born because they had so many children. They gave them a day of prayer and fasting to honor them. Tell that person, you know what? I'm going to pray for you and give them the date. And then on that day, text them and say, I'm praying for you today. Because you mean so much to me. You've given so much to me. You have to know that's because this year I've had so many people show up in my life and been so kind to me and been so good to me. The only way I could respond is I had to say, well, let me pray for you this week. I'm going to pray for you because God has blessed me through you. The last piece on this tonight is I want to talk about how we're renewed and just God has designed us to be renewed. And it's amazing to me when I look at nature that you and I, we were designed by God to be refreshed, to be revived, to be renewed. When we look at nature, we see a world that just naturally that comes back to life over time. We've looked at it in our history and we've seen places where we've done terrible things as human beings, and yet over time, nature itself has restored itself and refreshed itself to life. Well, recently, I was looking at Death Valley. Death Valley, California is one of the harshest environments in the world. It's one of the hottest places in the world, but in the United States, it is the hottest place. Can I only say this? If you were an ice cream salesperson on that day in that place, cha-ching, right? Just show up with a truckload of ice cream in Death Valley. You're going to sell it, right? Well, what's amazing about Death Valley is this, that in Death Valley, on a decade or every 15 years, we'll have this amazing event. God will shower rains on Death Valley. Now, I'm not talking about a flash, a flood. I'm talking about days of just cool, soaking rain, day after day after day. And down inside the soil are these seeds, these seeds that need the rain to germinate, to come back to life. And maybe, maybe you and I could experience a spiritual Rain, a spiritual moment like that. Look at the super bloom that happens. Look at what it looks like before and after. Look at all the flowers that come to life in Death Valley off of one rain every decade. And you may feel tonight like God has been far from you. You may feel like you're really dry. You may feel like you're really in need. Well, tonight we come because we're saying, God, I could really use the rain of your Holy Spirit. Could you pour out your life on me? God, could you have mercy on me? God, could you show up in the midst of this moment? I really need you. That's why we come. It's to renew our strength in God, to remind ourselves that we haven't given up, that we're still trusting God. He is the Lord of life, the creator of the universe, and he still got us covered. You are designed for renewal. Recently, I'm, I'm watching uh, this video online, and it's about science. Science that has discovered over the past 10 years how your brain... Your brain is designed for renewal. Now, you need to know, when I was growing up, they said, you get a limited number of brain cells. Be careful with them. Don't waste them. Don't use them wrong, because they ain't starting anymore. And I lived in terror. You know what I'm saying? Well, now I find out that you and I, through our hippocampus, can regenerate new brain cells every day. All I have to do is eat right. I have to continue to try to learn and expand my brain. And, and if I'll exercise, I can develop 700 to 1,000 new neurons and brain cells every day. Woo! That's good news. and I mean, that's especially good in the world in which we live. Just a little bit of a shift, just a turn in our attitude, a turn in the way we approach life, and we can add brain cells. And you know what we found? We've already found that individuals that will eat right and exercise and and do these things to grow their learning capacity, it, it, it chases away depression. It chases away all those, those fears that come with that. And then we begin to see a person that's more alive and alive, and their brain is growing. Their brain is flourishing in the midst of all that. You were designed to be renewed. God designed you that way. How about relationships? Studies now show that in a relationship, if you just show fondness and admiration for one another... The other person realizes that this relationship is rewarding and I'm sticking in. It gives the other person and yourself the encouragement to stick with the relationship. This is why marriages. Is- this is why marriages that celebrate anniversaries, couples that have date nights, people that look at one another, look at their children, look at their family, and they say, honey, I want you to know I love you. You're precious to me. You're valuable. I'm so glad God brought you in my life. It doesn't matter if you're a grandparent or a grandchild. Hearing those words says, I have people on my side. I'm going to be okay in the midst of this world. We found it a people just need to hear from us. You're valuable. I love you. You're a part of my life. The same is true at work, right? We find out the teams and the workplaces where people are encouraged, where they're valued, where they're affirmed. What does it do? It gives renewal. It gives life. This is the way we were designed. We were designed by God for renewal in life. The scripture says it. It says that you are transformed through the renewing of your mind. Your mind can grow. The Bible also says that your spirit, your soul was designed for God's revival. You know it. The 23rd Psalm, it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death valley, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You restore my soul. God is the one that restores your soul. God is the one that takes you to green pastures. God is the source of life. And tonight we celebrate that God showed up to give us life. Yes, all of nature is groaning, Romans says. All of nature is groaning groaning for God's return, for God's hand to be placed on it. And you and I show up tonight, you know why? Because we're holding up our hand and we say, God, I'll take some of that. I'm here to receive and I renew my commitment to you. We're celebrating the victories of the past, but also the victories that we're gonna have in the future because we trust in God. He is faithful. This is God's plan. Listen to the words that Timothy penned to Titus. He said, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hated one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs. Having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. In closing, I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. Here we go. Jesus, tonight I celebrate your birth and resurrection. It has transformed my life. I receive the grace and mercy you extended. Refresh my soul and life. Renew within me a steadfast spirit. Remind me of your goodness. Help me share the joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. Because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful. And it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just, just stop with me and... Agree in prayer right now, what you're doing. Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. Right now, let's take a moment and pray for the bereaved, people that are grieving. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name because He said, Blessed are those who mourn, and we don't like that at all. We don't like mourning. We don't like loss. We don't like the grief process. Yet, yet death entered this world because of our sin, because we disobeyed and we ate of the tree of good and evil. You, you warned us. And, and this is what happens, God. Death confuses us and we lose our bearings the same way Adam and Eve did. Immediately, they were aware that they were naked. They felt ashamed and they were far from you. And that's what grief does to us. That's what death does to us. We feel far from you. And right now, God, there are people in our lives, friends and family members, even ourselves, we're dealing with a grief, a loss. We've dealt with so much loss. People have moved away. People have changed jobs. And yes, people that we've loved have died. All of that is grief and so much more. And we were powerless to fix it. But in that grief, we run to you. We come to you like the prodigal coming home, saying, I thought I could do life without you. And, and I need you right now. I need you, God, to heal the grief. I need you, God, to take up that place that they had in our lives. God, we cast our cares on you. We lay our grief at your feet. We know that you know what it was like because you saw your own son murdered on a cross. Low, though that we walk through the valley today, you are with us, and we will not be afraid because you're going to guide us, you're going to tend to us, and we celebrate that today through the power of Jesus' name, and it's in his name we pray, you are with us, amen. Wow, I just love praying, you know, my life has been forever changed by prayer, everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer, and we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step.
1: I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying
0: family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well... Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
1: Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook, that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text one 38 story one 38 story Or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R, media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit WesslerMedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.